Flipping Tables podcast. This is episode 17. Woo. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Edwards. I'm the other host, David Lyons. And we are going to talk about games. But before that, some follow-up. We do have some follow-up. Yeah. Do you want to kick off our follow-up? Yeah, I want to see this, uh, the Twitter one. This is, I think, th- this is a screenshot right off your phone, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, so we complained... I think justifiably, about how Twitter has now started notifying us of things we didn't ask to be notified of. (laughs) I didn't ask for this. And you actually, on iOS, so I haven't seen this yet on Android, but on iOS, you're actually getting update notifications. So, like, in the update, it also says, like, oh, here's this hashtag you can search for. So yeah. it's for it's it's like you need to update Twitter. Also, search for the World Cup hashtag. Yeah, I'm just like, are you kidding me? I'm just like looking at the notes for your app update. Like usually, it's like bug fixes or added this new feature. Right, and, <laughs> and despite your wacky phone case, you do not strike me as a soccer person. Now I have you, to post a picture of my phone case. You, have you ever? Played a game of soccer? Watched a game of soccer? I don't think I've ever played a refereed game of soccer. Yeah, so there's no reason Twitter should be like, you know what he wants to know about? <laughs> the World Cup. So th- that means they're just throwing stuff well, against the wall. This is how deeply the NBAs have taken over Twitter, because they're like, no stone <laughs> unturned, we can sell ads to, at any corner of our user. Like, pretty soon, like, if, they have it, if there's any open source part of Twitter, I bet they'll start putting ads in the comments in the code. Bootstrap. <laughs> yeah, Bootstrap's <laughs> going to have ads in the comments. So just terrible Twitter, like, unacceptable, embarrassing, what the hell. Yes. And then the other one, um, I actually don't remember, I guess it must be, I saw it on The Verge's Google Plus page, um, but somebody made a supercut of table flipping. So it's, it's like a 20-year span of every table flip this guy could find. And aside from the fact that it's appropriate, I just think it's particularly hilarious because um, a bunch of them are from a movie about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> And a bunch is it all the money changer? Like yes. when he goes to the church? And yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I'm, I have to admit my biblical scholarship not great, but I don't remember ever hearing anyone say like, and then Jesus ran in and turned over a bunch of tables. That's the only. There's only one story I know of, and that's a bunch of businessmen were like setting up at the synagogue and like taking over. with Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I know the kind of the story of the money changers, and he was pissed, but. Did he really go in and was just like, ah, screw you guys. Get out of here. So that's kind of cool, I guess, but just seems out of character for Jesus. But then there's also, I've seen things like apparently he fought dragons and other weird stuff. That one's a little more apocryphal. (laughs) But I want it to be true. I want there to be a part of the Bible where Jesus fights a dragon and wins. True. It's got to be like 80s uh, hair metal album cover where Jesus like has the sword and lightning is striking it. <laughs> Would this be like Hair's Swedish blonde Jesus or just any Jesus? Um, Dark guess, African Jesus? I guess it depends on the part of the world you're in. So when, when the Bible gets released in like Africa... When it's, the, it's, Mor- the Mormon edition Jesus. comes out. It's, yeah. When it's <laughs> Swedish. <laughs> and then Swedish blonde Jesus. We're just going to try to offend everyone today. Yeah. <laughs> we were off to a bang and start then. We, speaking of... (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Such segue. So... (laughs) Very transition. So, E3 is this week. Oh. Oh. Yeah, and and 
I think we were talking like, do you remember the exact year? We can narrow it down to just year. What year did you stop being like, yes, E3? Oh, I don't was it, know. Was it even recent? Probably when Wii Music happened. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So was that seven years ago, six years ago? You're just like, are you kidding me? But at least that was like a game we, a quote, air quotes, game we hadn't seen before. Well, yeah, just because the game ended up being crap, yeah. you could still have been, like, excited, right? Yeah. I don't know, probably the fifth or twentieth time it was just like, Call of Duty, now with more explosions. Yes. Yeah. It's Michael Bay, the conference. <laughs> it's a Dude Bro Shooter 2014. <laughs> yeah, Dude Bro. Which I just... So, I was never into shooters. Like, I never played them as a kid. I never really... I, I played, like, Portal and, and the new Fallout games, which are kind Portal of... is not a shooter. It's a puzzle game. It is a puzzle game, but I mean... Even, With a shooting mechanic. It, yeah, just the very fact that it's, like, FPS style. Yeah. Like, I played Portal, but I never played all the way through Half-Life. But the closest thing to an enemy in that game is the, are the turrets. Yes. And they don't chase you. Yep. There's no cover mechanic. There's no. Yep. I guess there is auto healing, but health isn't yeah. really a ma- doesn't matter in that yeah. game. Yeah, you don't know how much health you have. And then in uh, in the new Fallout games, you have the Vats targeting system where you can just pause the universe all like Zach yeah. Morris style. <laughs> and be like, I'm gonna shoot him in the face. <laughs> yeah, I think the face. Ninety seven percent chance. Yeah. So that's. Um, I mean, it's a first-person shooter, but they also give you an out because the old Fallout games were RTS yeah, games. So. Like isometric, I think. Yeah, yeah, they were that totally that old-fashioned 3D, which I love, the that top-down mm-hmm. kind of style. So the fact that E3 is now almost exclusively Dude Pro Shooter 2014... <laughs> oh, and another thing, I don't really play games online. <laughs> oh, you're screwed. Yeah, so they're like, shooters! And I'm like, uh... And they're like, multiplayer! And I'm like, uh... You're not really. It's not. There's nothing wrong with those. It's just they're not selling anything that I'm buying. And I, I was. I follow Joshua Topolsky, the Verge dude, on Twitter, and he was tweeting about it. He was just like, "Can video game characters hold anything besides a gun or a sword? Like, <laughs> nope. come on, industry. Can we do something else?" Yeah, I feel like those those games are always going to get the most press because they are. The undisputed money-making chips. And they're the summer blockbuster of games. Yeah, they're they're the Wolverine origins. <laughs> it's like everybody kind of the admits they suck, but they still go see it six times and then buy the Blu-ray and a bunch of T-shirts. <laughs> and ask for another one. <laughs> it's kind of like, I'm, I'll actually, I'll link to the video if I can find it. Um, this guy, Matt Pat on YouTube, uh, does a series called Game Theory, and he did a whole study of... Like, why do we not reward innovation? Like, if you talk to gamers, they say, we want innovation, we want new ideas. And then if you actually look at games that are innovative and have new ideas, they sell, like, garbage. Yeah. And rehashes and reboots break records time after time. Every Call of Duty has done better than the previous Call of Duty. Every Madden has done better than the previous Madden. Which blows my mind, the Madden one. (laughs) I know that they evolve and they get more graphically interesting and they have new physics, but it's so such a crawl, like, in my experience. Yeah. It's like, I'd rather take, like, eight years off and buy one and be like, whoa, this has changed <laughs> a lot. But, like, I don't know. 
just new rosters every year, I guess, is the draw. <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually blown. The biggest thing with Madden that blew me away was somebody, and I'll, I have no idea who, so I'm sorry, person, but <laughs> someone some time ago made the comparison that the newer Madden games are just dude bro RPG because <laughs> you, uh, the newer games, you are actually like the manager of the team. You control the players, but your role as player of the game is like team manager. So you tell the characters which things to train, which modifies their stats. So it's like, you, go do sprints because you're a running back. And like, you, work on your throwing because you're the quarterback. So then the quarterback won't get as fast as the running back because he's doing mm-hmm. different... Dr- That's a freaking RPG. Yeah, there's sort of <laughs> opportunity cost, all the things. Yeah, there's, there's just... And, and when you get to the point where you can name the characters and choose their uniforms, it's like... You're playing Morrowind yeah. on a hundred yards. Well, field. and that sounds more like a football game I would get into and addicted to, perhaps, if they did it right. Like the the gold standard for me has always been Baseball Stars on the original NES. Have you ever played that game? It's very back, maybe back in the it's day. It's by SNK. It's very different than the arcade version, which was just like a typical arcade baseball game, home run derby type thing. But the the NES game is you have stats, you earn money, you spend it on your players to upgrade their abilities. Yeah, so that's, and so that's like baseball RPG. It was kind of RPG light because it was very simple. It wasn't you know it's like do you want them to hit home runs or do you want them to run really fast? <laughs> but like they wrapped it in such a satisfying mechanic of like you'd play a tournament and then you'd be like time to upgrade, <laughs> boom boom boom. And I just I have no very little hope of ever getting a game like that again because number one that was in like the golden era of like Japanese developed baseball games that had no association with Major <laughs> League Baseball and were just kind of like right. the only goal is that this is fun <laughs> does not need to represent reality or anything. And man, they that whole part of the world loves baseball. Yeah, like more than we do. <laughs> Um, but the other reason we'll never get a new one other because it'll always have to be MLB is uh, a modern developer would do it like a smartphone game, and so it would be uh, like buy ten thousand coins, and you'd be like, I don't yeah. like this anymore. Nope. Yeah. As soon as microtransactions enter the field, you're basically leaning on your tiptoes at the edge of the cliff, <laughs> and it's and then once you say, oh, and those microtransactions are the only way to proceed through the game, you like. Jumped off the cliff with a jetpack on, with your head pointed toward the ground. <laughs> it's just, it's. I mean, I'm not, I'm really I'm not cheap. Like I'm willing to pay for games, but I just I want to pay for like a packaged experience. Yeah. Because this trend has come. The microtransaction thing has come into gaming. But can you imagine being like three quarters of the way through a book and they're like, oh, you wanted to read the rest of the book? You want to know what happens to the main character? Uh, well, you got to wait 48 hours per page unless yeah. you... Or it's us. 99 cents per chapter. Or share this book on Facebook. We'll give you a few more pages. <laughs> I just feel like it's... Uh, um, paywalls on like newspaper websites. Like That is universally despised. Everyone hates paywalls on newspaper websites. Everyone hates microtransactions in games. Even if they find themselves sucked into it. They're still mm-hmm. like, oh god, I can't stop giving 10 cents to this company. And I just, like... I guess as long as the business model works, they will keep doing it. Yeah. So we are to blame. This is exactly the same problem of why Call of Duty will always outsell the Okamis of the world because more people buy Call of Duty. Yeah. And their businesses. 
So just as a quick rundown of the big announcements I saw, Microsoft is repackaging Halo 1 through 4. Sony announced Little Big Planet 3. Yay! That one I'm actually excited about. Um, the one notable thing that I want to draw out is, uh, well, I'm going to skip over No Man's Sky. That's fine. But check out No Man's Sky. It looks really cool. <laughs> but it wasn't debuted at E3. It's already been in the news for yeah, months. Yeah. Um, is Capcom self-awareness when they titled their... So they have, like, a spin-off DLC of Dead Rising 3, and it's just they're just, like, throwing in every Capcom character ever into, like, this arcade co-op beat-em-up. And... They called it Super Ultra Dead Rising 3 Arcade Remix Hyper Edition EX Plus Alpha. And the logo, which I've included, is awesome. That is amazing. And so the trailer was like one of the funnest things I've ever seen. I don't even know if the game will be fun, but the trailer looked amazing. So is it a fighting game? No, it's like just a third-person co-op beat-em-up. Like you're just running through this. It's like Dead Rising. You're destroying zombies, but... You know, there's, like, Zombie M. Bison is, like, this huge monster you have to all fight together. And So for two weeks of designing new character models based on properties they already own, <laughs> they now have, like, the standout trailer from E3. Yeah. Well, this is, I mean, it reminds me of the classic Nintendo thing of, like, oh, hey, developer, you've got a cool game there. What if we slap Mario on it and then it sold? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Mario 2 or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Star Fox Adventures. Doki Doki Panic, <laughs> yeah. I think, was the original name for Super Mario 2, or big air quotes, Super Mario 2. But you, yeah, yeah. This, I didn't see the trailer for this. So this, I see a little Xbox logo in the corner. Is that Xbox exclusive? Yep. Because it's Dead Rising. Yeah. Which is a Microsoft property. But that, no, that's, it's, it's Capcom's game, but they just are getting paid enough by Microsoft. <laughs> So that was actually another thing that I saw, um, speaking of, of who owns what, apparently exclusives are starting to kind of go away. Yeah. And I remember when this generation of consoles was coming out, the PS4 and the Xbox One, that the the ultra nerds in the video game circle were like really interested by the fact that they were basically just both PCs. Yeah. With custom software at the operating system level, but it, they're Intel chips, it's x86 architecture. That's a big deal. So you can write a game for one and then do a very minimal number of changes, write it for the other, yeah. and then do another minimal set of changes and have it on PC. Whereas before, you never would have been able to do that. Or at least not without a huge amount of yeah. developer time and work. Like, the supposedly the Xbox One is, like, the slightest marginally slower hardware than the PS4. Right. But it's, like, worthless. Like, anyone that's out there like, oh, 1080p. Yeah. It's like, you thing. can't, you sit six feet away from a TV, you can't tell, dude. Stop yeah. it. Seriously. You have inch-thick Coke bottle glasses. <laughs> you have no idea what this screen looks like. Yeah. But, so, I noticed uh, following, you know, some of the announcements and, and, like, the live tweets from E3 is that, a lot of the exclusives were, like, 30-day exclusive or, like, six-month exclusive. Or this one skin you can put on the main character exclusive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you buy it from us, and we'll give you, like, the red guy suit. But if you buy it from them, you get the blue guy suit. <laughs> and like, but that's it. So otherwise, yeah. it's the same product. Or, there's, or you there's, just it's just there's while. not enough money in the world for Microsoft or Sony to pay them to say, don't release it on the other console. Cause yeah. But that that's once we get to every game is on every console, and then in some magical future where there's cross multiplayer, 
Then we'll all just be PC gamers, won't we? Yeah. <laughs> we'll so just, we'll just be buying Steam boxes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the thing is if they said there, there's only a couple franchises that I like really make a point to follow, and if they right now were like Final Fantasy, Metal Gear Solid, and I don't know maybe like a couple other platform games that I like to play for fun. If they were like, those are going to be on PC, I would never get a PS4. Yeah. Like, I haven't upgraded yet, but I know I'm going to. Because, <laughs> like, I have to follow Final Fantasy. I have to follow Metal but Gear But you don't Solid. think you've seen anything yet on PS4 that makes you go, like, I got to buy one now. Oh, no. Which is why I don't have one. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will need it. I don't need it this minute, so I'll get it at the last possible minute, so it's as cheap as. How possible. about when PlayStation Now, their Netflix for games, comes out? That has a lot of promise, but I'm also nervous about it because it seems like out of the gate, it's already a segmented feature set. Like there's the PlayStation TV. Which can run like some games and also Vita games. Yeah, it but plays not Vita games and it streams PlayStation Now games. Right. So, can I play PS3 games on that little $99 box? Streaming. Are you sure? Yeah. So, if I pay for that service, PlayStation Now, then I could play PS3 games, all their games, on their $99. I mean, when it's all rolled out. This is, I think this is Sony's like trick play. Is like, yeah, we have next gen, which is expensive and all this hardware. But then they're trying to come in at the bottom underneath and undercut Xbox and be like, here's a $99 box that plays anything. Right. If you're okay with streaming it and having a slight input lag. Yeah. What, but, you know what this sounds like? This is backwards compatibility as a service. Yes. It's like, oh, you want to play old games? Give us, what is it, 10 bucks a month probably, like everything else? I think they're, they haven't really figured this out because I think they're starting off with rental prices, not Ooh. subscriptions. But I think they're going to do subscriptions. So it's Blockbuster Online. Yeah. <laughs> not Netflix. But, you know, maybe Sony will figure this out that I'd, I would pay 10 bucks a month to play games. Yes. Yeah. For a $99 piece of hardware and then $10 a month. To, and I'm not talking $10 a month to like, oh, we have like a library of 30 games. Everything. Yeah. Give me every single PS1, PS2, and PS3 game that you have the license to give me. And even if like the, the network lag makes Street Fighter not as fun, I'm just looking forward to every JRPG I skipped or yep. want to play again because turn-based shit is going to work great. Oh, that. yeah. Well, and this, actually, it's funny you should say JRPGs because this sounds like an opportunity... To say, like, oh, remember all those games we didn't localize yeah. 10 years ago on the PS1 because the PS1 was still, like, kind of getting its feet? Here they are. <laughs> also, just cloud saves any device, so, like... That's what? a big one. Yeah. Will PlayStation now work with the Vita? Yes. Okay, so then that, to me, is I have my console at home where I can sit on my couch with a controller... And then I can get up and leave the house and have my Vita. That, that to me, is... You know, in some magical future when the telecoms aren't ruining our uh, lives and you can have unlimited data, fast yeah. data anywhere. Is the, so you have a Vita. Is the, the cellular connectivity built in or is it a... a that was a part? separate purchase. I mean, there was a different model. I, did, yeah. I just got the Wi-Fi model. Um, and the uses a SIM card? The cellular version was AT&T, and it was only 3G. Ugh. So they clearly, and it's 
like you can't play multiplayer games on it over right. 3G. You couldn't because of the speed, but they don't even let you try right. because the experience would be so bad that they're like, and let's so not even. I had a hard time imagining what 3G was for on the Vita. Am I going to download gigs of games yeah. to it? Cloud, no. Cloud saves. Like, let's pay AT and T to download games instead of waiting till I get home. Yeah, really. <laughs> Yeah, I How guess. bad do I need this thing that's going to take so long <laughs> I could have just gone home anyway? Um, so let's see. So we're recording this hours before Nintendo has their non-E3s, non-presentation, <laughs> where they just release a video of their announcements. Yep. Um, which is like kind of like people make fun of Nintendo for that, but I'm also kind of like, you know what? E3 is ridiculous. This kind of makes a lot of sense to just be like... Uh, the internet's a bigger audience. Let's just tell them what we're doing. Yeah. Well, especially because uh, with live blogs now, like I followed the Microsoft event and the Sony event on the Verge's live blog, and there's also like an Engadget live blog and a Kotaku live <laughs> blog. Because really, what you end up with is a room full of press people whose job it is is to regurgitate your information. Mm-hmm. So, why would I ever consider going to an event like this? They don't get anything. Yeah, they're not like, everyone look under your seat. <laughs> Everybody gets a PS5. Oh! <laughs> yeah, I just don't. It's like, huh. I mean, I know yeah. there's like the buzz of being there. And if you're in the industry, like you want to network with people and stuff. But as a consumer, it has never crossed my mind to try and attend E3 ever. Yeah. So I would say that based on my reading of the summaries, and maybe I'm just a bitter old man now, but... The Xbox and Sony events were pretty meh, pretty boring. They were just a lot of Kill Field of Duty, Titan Drop, <laughs> Hardened Edition 5. And uh, to me, that means there's an opening here for Nintendo to actually do something interesting if they're on their A game to, to sort of capture my attention, at least. I'm not expecting them to do it, and by the time this is released, their event will be happening. But... <laughs> Um, Nintendo, this is your chance because they were pretty boring. So if, yeah. you, if you actually got something, so if you're listening <laughs> and you have a time machine, go back and fix your presentation. <laughs> yeah. Unless you did it right the first time, in which case, can I borrow your time machine? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I mean, what do you? So their whole thing is recorded. Yeah, it's just a Nintendo Direct they're going to release. Huh. They've done this for a few years, where they have they they're still at E three, they're still on the f- show floor with yeah. demos, but they they don't rent a hall and pile everyone in and make a big dumb show. Huh. They just release a web video and say, "Hey guys, here's all our stuff." So they're like too cool for school. Like they're just like, yeah, we're just gonna bow out of this crazy escalating show of nonsense and laser lights. And huh. I did not know this, and oh my god, the laser lights! Yeah. Every. Even from the stills on uh, live blogs, you can tell everything is like the swooping down lights that <laughs> I feel like got really popular from uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And all the lights like went because they were tight to the stage and they would go like this 270 degree arc. It was like Vegas skyline. <laughs> yeah, it's like really. It's a neat effect, but just see if like we can find flare. a video of just that part of. It. <laughs> we can at least do a deep linked time code. Yes, linked to it once yeah, we j- just like lens flares in the new Star Trek, that effect is just way over abused. So thanks a lot. Who wants to be yeah. there? But it's um, it, is there? I mean, you're, you're 
tighter with Nintendo than I am. Like, Nintendo and I are acquaintances. You and Nintendo are actually friends. <laughs> with it, benefits. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to actually see from their... Is there, yeah. any, is there anything you're like, I've been waiting for, Bank? <laughs> um, I am always waiting for a new Metroid, and not a Team Ninja Metroid. <laughs> I don't care if it's Retro 3D Metroid. I'm Retro the developer, not right. Retro. A 3D Metroid by Retro or someone equally competent, or a 2D Metroidvania Metroid. But just don't make it Team Ninja and give me all the who, Metroid. Who did... Team Ninja did which Metroid? They did the... Uh, other M for Wii. It's the only one they did, and it's kind of universally panned. It's the play mechanics are kind of fun, but um, is it 3D? It's mostly 2D, but you point the Wii mode at the screen and it goes into first person mode. Yep. So the game is only Wii mode. Yep. No analog control. Yep. Yep. And uh, they the main thing is they totally screwed up the character of Samus because Samus is. Did the Wii mode only have like two primary buttons? And then a trigger on the back. That sounds horrible. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, it works out mostly okay, but it's it's so compromised. But the the biggest problem is not the controller gameplay; it's what they did to Samus. They Uh-oh. turned her into a subser- subservient, wimpy woman because it's Team Ninja's misogyny. You know, all their other games are like boobs, boobs, <laughs> boobs, boobs. Cut heads off, boobs. <laughs> Is that, there, is that where is she it, has the blue? No, no. Um, that's zero suit Samus. No, not, or, I mean, it's the regular suit, but the sleeves are blue. Um, I don't think so. No, okay. I'm just making stuff up. At this but point. anyway, they, they totally gimped her character, and they have like some commander man that's telling her what to do, and she's like, oh, okay. And it's just like, how could you get her so wrong? Like, her whole thing is she's independent, doesn't give a shit about anyone, and I mean... Gives a shit about the peace in the galaxy, but not taking orders from She's people. She's a bounty hunter. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is not... She's you don't supposed get... to be female Indiana Jones in space. Yes. Without the sense of humor. You, but... don't, you don't get into that line of work if you're like, uh, life is hard. Someone tell me what to do. And like, the, yeah. I was going to say, the other thing they got <laughs> wrong is... Metroid, to me, is about a creepy, isolated experience as you explore some planet or space station. Yes. Like, it's supposed to be eerie, and you're alone, and you're just exploring. And this was like, there's a squad, and they're, like, going around the base, too, and you have cutscenes with them, and it's just like, this isn't... And the cutscenes are about as good as Resident Evil. Like, you just kind of, like, not good. I figured you, the master of unlocking... <laughs> oh, Jesus. So... What I was going to say, the reason I find this to be a particular affront, having not even played this game, but being familiar with the character, is I have virtually no patience for people who are given established source material and then screw it up. It's like, here, developers, here is a character that is well fleshed out over like 15 or 20 years. All you have to do is make new maps and have her run around and shoot things and collect new kinds of ways to shoot people and make some of the jumps more difficult than the other jumps, and people will eat that shit up. Yeah, I will buy it every time you release it. And yet, somehow... Now, the devil's advocate side is like, well, they were trying to do something new with the character. It's like, okay, yes, you're right, but 
if those new things you're trying to do totally fly in the face of the established canon, just make a different game. Yeah. <laughs> like Me if you dude bro shooter twenty fourteen. Yeah, exactly. Like um, I think uh, the uh, the Prime games are a good example. So the Metroid Prime games are three D first person. There's some like puzzle elements that you couldn't really do in a 2D, but you can totally do in 3D. So like that's taking an established character and putting a new spin on it. Yeah. But taking like, you know, independent solo experience where you're alone because you're the only one who has, you know, the bravery and the skills to go out to the deep reaches of space and do the job, and then there's like a bunch of buck privates with you. <laughs> it's like, then why is Samus even there? <laughs> And so, like, one of the big... And they, this breaking of it goes so fundamentally deep because the other big thing in Metroid games is either you start out with no powers or you lose them early in the game just so they can right. have the the gated mechanic of, I really want that energy tank, but I can't jump up there yet. And instead Standard of... Metroidvania. Instead of environmental barriers that sort of, air quotes, naturally prevent you from getting <laughs> these things... It's your commander doesn't let you use missiles yet. And then the commander says, okay, Samus, you can use missiles now. (laughs) So, like, you have them. Yeah, and she just won't use them because he didn't tell her she could. Oh, my God. So this is how deeply they broke Metroid. The M is for misogyny. So I didn't know this was going to turn into Metroid, the the show, but um, I love Metroid. I want good Metroid. But, I mean... This is part of the paradox of, like, Nintendo, give me the same thing over and over, please. How come Nintendo never innovates? Yeah. Yeah, I guess asking for Nintendo to give you their latest dude bro shooter is <laughs> but unfortunate because they are the company that tries their crazy Their dude bro stuff. shooters are so good. They are. So not, good. not their dude bro shooters, but they're, they're rehashed. Well, yeah, because, I mean, they definitely... Mario is their dude bro shooter. <laughs> yeah. Like, the the newest one uh, is it 3D World? Yeah, is fun, but I mean it's Super Mario Galaxy, but you can turn into a cat, <laughs> and that is enough. Like that's kick soccer ball bombs at a car. Yeah, but like it's that, Mario. That's yes. enough to make it funnable. <laughs> I guess the big difference for me is the Nintendo has never been shy with especially with Mario and and to a slightly lesser extent with Legend of Zelda saying like hey you know that thing you love here it is again like you know that you you had an apple pie last week and you thought it was good so i baked you another apple pie cuz you like apple pie but with like uh, sports games with dude bro shooters like they act like every time They've somehow totally revolutionized the genre. <laughs> it's all new. It's it's the difference between like Google marketing and Apple marketing. Like Google markets like Nintendo, like, hey, we took that thing you liked and made it better. Whereas Microsoft and Sony market like Apple and they're like, This is the first time we've ever done this. <laughs> Except for all the other times. But this time. I also just get the picture of like Nintendo's like drops a pie off and it's like, if you want it, go ahead and eat some. And the other ones are more like stuffing in your mouth, like, you want some apple pie or some apple pie? <laughs> Take some apple pie. Yeah, I, DLC. I don't know. So I, like we just so we sat down this weekend and we played Mario Kart 8 for like an entire day. Yes. And that's an excellent way to spend a day. Like 
there was very little about that game that was cutting edge. In fact, I can't nothing. think of anything that's cutting edge. About yeah, it. but I mean, I've been playing Mario Kart practically my whole life. Like a game came out when I was like ninety two, so I was like <laughs> yeah. seven. Um, and it's I I went into it distinctly, not with like low expectations, but distinctly thinking like, how different could this be? <laughs> Like, this is the eighth Mario Kart. What could they possibly have introduced? And there were just these tiny little things that I was like, oh, oh that's cool. It's like, so there's there's parts of the track that are inverted, so they turn your tires into little hover wheels, like all Back to the Future style. And when you're in hover wheel mode, if you collide with another player, it accelerates you. Instead of slowing you down. It doesn't make any sense, but it it's a nice sense. game mechanic. Yes, because it forces you to be aware, am I in hover mode or am I in driver mode? Because that changes the way you interact with other people on the track. Yeah. I was like, it's not revolutionary, but it's, it's borderline It's a nice turning on its head of, like, normally you don't want to hit other characters ever unless you right. can, like, bump them off the side. Yes, and now it's like, no, now for this part of the track, we want you to hit each other. Yes. And the, the customization, so as far as I know, this is the first Mario Kart where you can, like, really change the Wii, to, to could, that The level. Wii one, could you do a little in, bit? In the Wii one, you had a few different types of vehicle, but um, not like this. Yeah, this is... This is vehicle, um, wheel type, and glider. <laughs> <laughs> Gliders. Gliders. <laughs> <laughs> Gliders. <laughs> But I, I feel like that's because I found after we'd been playing for a little while, I found myself like really caring. Like, okay, I drive like crap, so I want a car that handles really well yeah. because I go into turns way too late, so I need like tight handling. You know, whereas like if you know the tracks forwards and backwards, you're like, no, all I care about is speed. Like, I'm never going to collide with anything, so I don't need acceleration, yeah. and I I drive really well, so I don't care about. It. So it's like. I don't want Forza, yeah. you know, where you actually tune, like, the amount of oxygen that's allowed into the engine. <laughs> I mean, it, it's that real. Like, I don't want that. If I wanted that, I would just go drive a real car. <laughs> I want to throw shells and banana peels <laughs> and superstars. And so the only other big change I can think, which is not a, a revolution, <laughs> is while they didn't remove the blue shell, they at least gave you a sometimes defense against it. Yes. And actually, the, the sometimes defense against it also has, like, a secondary use of it just, like, disrupts other people near you. So that's, again, that's like, oh, you know that thing that's universally hated, the blue shell? Like... <laughs> We listened, and we didn't just make it go away, because that's really what most people wanted. But it's like, here, like, okay, we'll meet you halfway. Like, yeah. Now there's at least, it's a rare weapon, here's a rare shield. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why, I, I feel like I, I could probably be described as a hypocrite, that I just <laughs> eat up Nintendo's rehashing and sequels, and then make fun of the rest of the industry for doing the same thing. <laughs> Because I, I, I think it's all in the the mood and, like, the marketing of it. Like, Little Big Planet 3 was announced for um, the PS4. Not a, a game that would make me buy a PS4, but if I had one, I would definitely get Little Big Planet 3. And one of the things that they that sets it apart from the, the first two is they're actually different sack people. Yeah. And they have different abilities. 
And you can play any of the levels from Little Big Planet One or Little Big Planet Two that people created. Which means now that level that the person made that had this puzzle that had to be solved in this one and only one way, now you might be able to beat it in this totally like backwards way using one of those characters' new powers. Yeah, because one of them can like hover or something. Yeah, one, one of them can wall can, jump. Like, yeah, like wall run, and the other one I think can like hover like Princess Toad style for a little bit. Um, but that's like it's. It's just like, oh, here's these old levels, but you could play them in a slightly different way. This is why people still continue to remake World 1-1 from Super <laughs> Mario in every game engine ever. Yeah. Because it's like, well, yeah, but what if you could play through that world with a portal gun? <laughs> or the grappling hook from Bionic Man? Yeah, I've even Man. seen, like, custom maps for Half-Life or other shooters that are just... First person Mario World One One. Yeah, it's like the Hello World of game level design. <laughs> it is that, and to to Which, a much lesser extent. To be green fair, sort of like the Mega Man X conversation we had. First levels in Mario games are really good at teaching you yes. what happens in a Mario game. But I, I feel like that that is a kind of nostalgia goggles I'll take because that's like. Here's this old thing that we're putting a new spin on. Not here is the definitive version of this thing. You played Kill Zones one through six, but Kill Zone Seven will reinvent sitting behind a box and shooting people. <laughs> I just I just I'm not I don't feel and it. following waypoints on a map. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto is another great example of this. It's a serious game, <laughs> but it knows that it's a huge joke, and it's really self-aware. So it's, like, approachable. Yeah. You know, even though every Grand Theft Auto is basically the exact same game, they have interesting stories, and it's the humor is there, yeah. so you, you put up with Waypoint, Waypoint, no, Waypoint, No, a great fire, comparison fire, fire. is Watch Dogs, which has a lot of Grand Theft Auto-style mechanics, driving around a living city, doing missions at different locations. And that game is so serious, like a heart attack, <laughs> that it's just ridiculous. And, you know, the the voice acting can't save it. It's not even that great voice acting. So it's just... Yeah. I don't understand this main character's motivation. He's got a little device. He can hack anyone and ruin their lives. And he's just a and jerk. And he's supposedly trying to protect his family. Ugh. But... The game has really nothing to say. Like, it could have all these interesting things to say about surveillance and... And it just totally misses I mean, the boat. No, like, NSA commentary. Only as a form of gameplay, it can make you reflect on, like, wow, I can do really awful things to people with this power. <laughs> but not in terms of the storyline. Like, nothing the the writers did is oh, interesting yeah. about it. <laughs> There's a, a side note from... Uh... Because we, we were going to talk about some game sins, but it turns out E3 had plenty to complain about. <laughs> no surprise, really. But um, in uh, the newer um, infamous games, uh, they have taken the branched story and can, like pushed them so close together that it's a joke to even say you're making moral choices because it doesn't change the story in any discernible yeah. way. It's like you can be red evil guy or blue good guy, but the story goes pretty much the exact same way. Like, and then my, like, what is the message here? It's then? almost a yeah a worse message of like your moral choices make no difference. <laughs> yeah. 
you, you can murder an orphanage full of babies, or you can save a bus full of nuns, and... As long as you get to the end of the game, it yeah, doesn't matter. That is still the same thing. So, I noticed uh, one of the games that they're re-releasing uh, that you threw on the list that I'd completely forgotten about is Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. And... And it's not Insomniac that's doing it, because Insomniac isn't a Sony developer anymore. Isn't it just... It's just a re... It's just an HD re-release. Yeah. It? Yeah. So it doesn't matter who does it. Right. Um, or I hope not. <laughs> how, do you, how do you screw up make the textures sharper? Um, but I hate to say, if there's anything that would make Susan talk me into buying a PS4, it's that. Because yeah. as I am to Final Fantasy and Metal Gear Solid, she is to Ratchet and Clank. Would you hear the developer of Ratchet and Clank used to only make some games for PlayStation? Mm-hmm. Even though they weren't a first-party developer, right? But Sony apparently want, wanted to own all the IP of what they did because they help them publish it or something, right? And so the, they were going multi-platform, and now they're only putting their new game out on Xbox. Oh, so so they pushed their friendship too far. Yeah, it was just that one time too many where they were like, "Oh man, I don't have my wallet. Can you get me?" And then finally they were like, "You know what?" Screw you. Because Microsoft was like, we'll help you publish your stuff, and you can keep the IP. That's, I, I feel, so, okay, musician, tell me. <laughs> I feel like when you're dealing with a creative entity, whether they're making art or music or writing or whatever, that's probably, if it's not a deal breaker at the start when they're small and hungry, it's going to be a deal breaker later when they're successful to say, we own your stuff. Yeah. Like, well, I it would feels draw, like deal making 101 to just say like you know what it's yours you made it yeah well I would draw the line I think it makes sense for a new IP to let the developer own it or that would seem reasonable to me but if it's yeah. like Nintendo's like we want to make it we want to have an interesting Mario game that we let another talented developer make they're not going to give them Mario yeah but that's different. That's like we have this established IP, and we just want some interesting people to cover our song. Right. And like, that, that's how you get the CDI version of right. Mar- was it Mario's missing? No, um, the puzzle one. With it's Mario, but uh, whatever. But it, it was bad. There's so many. But the, I mean, <laughs> Nintendo's had some good games by handing their like example. We already talked about was when Retro developed Metroid Prime. Right. It was awesome. Yeah, Hotel Mario. <laughs> yeah, that's only one of them. There was another one. That, but, but this is the one I was thinking of, though. Yeah. And it even has the Mario 2 obviously ripped off cover art. Jesus, Phillips. But, do anything yourself. But that does bring up, like, one of the things I've noticed, it's not just sequelitis. Like, it's not just E3 is tons of Dude Bro, the new edition. <laughs> it's re-release of the old one from two years ago or less. In HD! With, yeah, with a, you know, even though the old consoles were HD, too. But it's like, yeah, we cleaned up the textures a little bit, and maybe the frame rate's a little better. Buy it again. 60 yeah. bucks. <laughs> See, that, it was that last point. That's where I draw the line. If this new Ratchet and Clank, let's say I have a PS4. Oh, it'll be $60. Exactly. If they come out and they're like, you know, it's 25 bucks. Then I'll be like, dude, no question. Because I'll enjoy it. Susan will enjoy it. It's a company that I, I like their products. So you know what? Here you go, guys. Um, 60 bucks, full price for a game I already played that was in HD the first time. Especially in that particular case that has cartoony graphics that doesn't really benefit from being yeah. retrofit. Is like, like I'd, ra- I'd rather a high frame rate than... <laughs> yeah. Now, on the other hand, 
there is eventually a time where, like, if Konami said, we're going to take the Metal Gear Solid 5 engine and re-release a shot-for-shot remake of Metal Gear Solid 1, I'd be like, my money. shut up <laughs> and take my money. You know, if, if Square Enix... Uh, I hate saying that. Squeenix. If, if Squaresoft... <laughs> you'll always be Squaresoft. <laughs> if Squaresoft said, we are going to take the Lightning Returns engine and re-release Final Fantasy 1 or Final Fantasy 4 or 7, yeah. like, then... I, you know, don't give me this zoomed-in 3DS yeah, no. version of these games. No. No. I want ultra-modern graphics with those old stories. That yeah, shut up and take my money. I will pay full price for that. And give me a no voice acting mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just text only. And that's the thing is, I'm, or subtitled Japanese voices is fine with me because sure. I can hardly tell if it's bad voice acting. <laughs> but that's the thing is, I feel like I'm asking for a very specific thing. Don't reimagine whatever. Just update it. Like literally, just th- this is. Make the fonts smoother so I can read them easier. This is not like, you know, we've reimagined Final Fantasy 1 with all new game mechanics. It's like, no, then it's not Final Fantasy 1. Yeah. Like, this is, they, they kind of did this, and I mean, I know it's a lot of development time to do, like, super modern graphics, but I mean, they did this um, with 16-bit graphics. Like, the re-release of Final Fantasy 1 through, what, 4, where it was just... 16-bit versions of... Or 1 through 3, I guess. Well, American... Yeah. 4 was already 16-bit, but... Yeah, so I guess it was 1 through 3, the Japanese 1 through 3. Um, But they just updated them to 16-bit graphics. They changed a couple game mechanics that were broken. even, the PSP versions of them were, like, better than 16-bit graphics, but still still 2D sprites. They were just, like... It was like they wiped the blurry like gloss off of it. Yeah, and they, they took the... Uh, like in Final Fantasy 1, the original one famously had a bug where if you attacked an enemy and then that enemy died, you would just swing at the empty square. Yeah. And it's like, they fixed that. It's like, that. you know what? That's an acceptable and it change. had a dash button. Yeah, it did. It had a dash button. So like those are acceptable little tweaks. But don't... Don't... Just take what you had, repaint it, and then charge me full price. Like, yeah. you need to take something and really make it impressive. Like, going from Final Fantasy VII to Final Fantasy Thirteen graphics would justify a full price game. Yeah. Going from Ratchet & Clank to slightly later Ratchet & Clank, <laughs> it's just, it's too cartoony. It doesn't benefit from the update. It's like, um, for years I went without an HD television because all I ever watched were cartoons when HD was new. So it was like... The Simpsons is not going to look any better on yeah. an HDTV. It's just not. It's flat <laughs> yellow and black lines. Like, <laughs> yeah. how much sharper could it possibly look? I'm sure now that I've gone HD life, if I went back, I'd be like, oh, HD life looks terrible. Yep. So, I don't know. I guess we're giant and total hypocrites. But I feel like there is some crucial difference. And yeah. I, I think it's marketing. So it's like... A new Mario is different from a new Call of Duty. And the whole difference is like a marketing self-awareness. Yeah. Well, I also think, for some reason, I've, we've been watching the TV series of Fargo, which I don't know if like, you've ever seen Based that. on the movie? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
and you're as skeptical as you should be when you're like, what? You made a TV series out of a well-regarded movie. (laughs) But this does it exactly right, sort of similar to our updating a game conversation. Because they they aren't using the same characters as the movie. It's a new cast in that universe Ah. telling its own story ten years later. And so it's the spirit of Fargo... Not the rehashing the details of Fargo in a stupid TV way. Yeah. And it's excellent. It's so good. And they're they're taking the true detective format, or they call this anthology format, where it's every season is one story that ends at the end of the season. And then if they do another season, it's a new story, new characters, probably. So then you always have a known beginning and a known ending, so you never go off on rambling tangents. Exactly, which is a plague in American television, which is prone to 20 seasons of crap that doesn't go anywhere. But um, the other thing is, by having a single season that your cast has to commit to, you can get actors like Martin Freeman, Billy Bob Thornton, Adam Goldberg. Well, he's not A-list, but he's I love him, <laughs> so I had to mention him. Um, Bob Odenkirk is in it, so you get some Saul in your life. Um, <laughs> it's so good, and I won't spoil anything, but, like, I don't know. I've been watching more TV than ever in my life because we're sort of in what I feel like is a new golden age of, like, amazing shows. So I finished Breaking Bad, and I finished True Detective, and I'm like, what am I going to do with myself now? And then Fargo was like, okay. You watched Sherlock? Yeah. BBC, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, the, to be fair, there are like 50 iterations of Sherlock. And to be I'm fair, talking about the, the American Sherlock looks like it sucks, as far as I can tell. Yeah. It's... I think House of Cards is the only example that leaps to mind of a British show that the American version is so superior. It's because the, it's like early 90s British television. Yeah. And so it's all like weird royal music and it looks like a stage play. And the Office. You think the American one's better? Yes. But at least in that case, the British version is really good, which it, I mean, I know. Is, no, that's fair. It is really good. I just prefer the American one. So I guess that's not quite the same, where it's like one's terrible and one's great. Well, except I guess the internet thinks that the British House of Cards is really good, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> You're wrong, internet. All the aphorisms, or not aphorisms, all the idioms that were being spoken... <laughs> Uh, like someone described someone as a backbencher, and I was like, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, if you have to sit there with like your American, British, English dictionary, and you're constantly talking furiously about translating Rudy Tooty Point and Shooties. <laughs> you need. Um, it would be amazing if they did subtitles in American English. So you're watching in English. And they with say "forcey fun time," and then they subtitle. Yikes. I guess, yeah, that would be something that happened in House of Cards. <laughs> so I think we, we've ripped on E3. Not enough, but we've gotten part of the way So there. retroactively, <laughs> I hope Nintendo nailed it, but I'm not expecting them to have. Do, do you want to... So that's your bet? Is, is total fail or just meh? I don't think total fail. I bet there will be at least one thing that looks good, but... Super Mario 4D World? The question is, will it be for 3DS? Because that's their only successful system right now. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. So you think, are they going to try and prop up the Wii U? They gotta do something. <laughs> I bet they'll show something about a new Zelda. They have to. Yeah, they're behind, aren't they? Because there hasn't been a Wii U Zelda. It's just the Wind Waker remake. 
That doesn't count. That's nostalgia money. Yep. Which, to which be is, fair, is, half is their what yeah, keeps the machine going for them. But, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know what would... I guess a new Zelda and a new Metroid would... They're probably going to talk about Smash Brothers. Yeah, they show like, that, but they've already shown... Yeah. Have they shown actual gameplay of the Wii U Smash Brothers or just characters? Well, to be fair, any... Like, they, they never do FMVs in modern... Like the fight scenes, oh yeah. So because the, they're built in the game engine, so it may not be live gameplay, but it's always like gameplay. Yeah, kind of like Metal Gear Solid cutscenes. Yeah, they're like they're not gameplay, but they're sort of gameplay. He's oh man, uh, Hideo is a huge fan of like that little subtext that's like all screens taken from gameplay footage. Yeah, it's like we get it. Your engine's awesome. <laughs> that, that's cool. Just I trust you at this point. But why did you Kiefer Sutherland him? <laughs> So okay, Jack so, Bauer, solid. <laughs> so if you could have one or the other, which would it? Would you want a new Bang and Zelda or a new Metroid in this world of false? Assuming they were great updates in yes. either case, yes. But you have to pick, <sighs> and then the other character will be thrown into a pit. Um, God, <laughs> I can't. This is Sophie's choice. I guess we, uh, Metroid because I haven't had a new one in a, since the last Prime game. Which is God? What like six, six seven, five years or old? six years ago? Yeah. So yeah, that, okay. So Metroid. But for the sake of Nintendo, I assume Zelda would sell more. So for them to oh, continue being able to make games, you're such an altruist. <laughs> I will take the blow of no Metroid of to save only you. a great new Zelda game. <laughs> you're such a good guy, good guy, Mike. <laughs> Give it up, Metroid. So I don't. For me, there isn't really like a deal maker because like Pokemon. I, no, dude, no. Come on. I didn't. I didn't know if you were you're in a Pokemon. <laughs> but I mean, that's a Pokemon MMO. My, Would that do it for them ugh. in the in the market? Maybe. I, people have definitely said they wanted it, but I don't think anyone really wants that. I think they think they want it, but. Eh. You would have the game would have to be balanced in a really particular way. Otherwise, you would just have. 12-year-olds who had five level 99 Pokemons on day two. Yeah, well, just for the scope of how hard Nintendo has it, Mario Kart Wii U, Mario Kart 8, is the best-selling Wii U game. Like, it's selling, you know, millions of copies. Will be the worst-selling Mario Kart game of all time. Whoa. Because their install base (laughs) is so bad. I'll find the article. I think Polygon had it. They had a chart of, like... The sales of Mario Kart, and it's always one of their best-selling games because every it's like crack to people, right? And yeah, it's going to be the worst-selling Mario Kart ever. That's um, even though in Wii U, in the scale of Wii U, it's yeah. going to be very successful. That's see, this is why statistics is interesting because it's like. We sold millions of copies. It's the best-selling Wii U game and also the worst. That's more Mario Kart. damning Wii U than positive Mario it, Kart. Exactly. See, and this is why I'm I'm never going to be a good marketing person because I would look at all the statistics and I would not pull out of that best-selling Wii U game. I would pull out of that worst-selling Mario Kart game. Maybe yeah, I'm, here you go. I'm too pessimistic to be. Uh... So I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, this is. Oh man. This is just weird to think of it this way, but it it's very damning. Was it exactly the right word? That's that's how much of a bind Nintendo's in. They just laid off a bunch of staff in Europe. Oh. I know we're we're out of time, but sorry, Europe. 
Okay, so we're going to end on this sad Nintendo is, in fact, actually doomed <laughs> note. Unless today they come out with New Zelda and New Metroid, then that will, like, totally... I, I will always buy their games yeah. until they're gone. If, <laughs> really, if they wanted to make new products that, you know, not just continually resell Super Mario Brothers, I think New Metroid, New Zelda, and Pokemon MMO would be their best, like chance to say like these are the games that are going to make you go out and buy a wii u yeah because i if i had a wii u i would probably buy some of the virtual console games but i'm never going to buy a wii u for those games yeah like they they need something to get me out of the platform first and it's just not there Mm -hmm. like i love mario kart i love smash brothers but i'm like uh, like i can play smash brothers maybe when it gets down to 99 dollars. (laughs) exactly i can play smash brothers two years late like i don't have to play it now because again not a big multiplayer so like that's not enough to make me buy a console especially when i'll just bring mine over and we'll play couch multiplayer especially (laughs) that because i'd rather smash brothers is meant for couch multiplayer like you want to be able to do the 12 year old like shoulder bump like (laughs) they're just about to kill you and you just like boom shoulder check them they're like ha ha yeah that's it's well, when it comes out, you can destroy me because I don't have Smash Brothers skills. Yes, and, and then Susan will button mash against both of us and, and win, <laughs> probably. Damn fighting game mechanics! All right, you want to take us out? Let us. Take Where us can out. people find you on the internet, David Lyons? People can find me on the internet at Lines and Beta on Twitter, linesandbeta.com, and plus David Lyons on the Google's pluses. Where can people find you, Michaels? You can find me at M. Edwards Music on Twitter or at pseudomichael.com. And uh, as far as follow-up, uh, we talked about games forever, so was there anything we missed about E3? We didn't even talk about everything that got announced because it would have been a boring news recast. Super boring. There's 700 blogs that did that. <laughs> but if there's something we missed that was actually innovative and interesting and worth paying attention to that wasn't already known about before E3, Yeah, let us know. Or, I don't know, whatever. Say whatever you want about games. <laughs> and where can people find these sh- these awesome show notes? At flippingtablespodcast.com slash 017. 017. We're coming up on 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 20. See, it feels like a... Even though we're already in double digits, that feels like a... It does. It's another milestone. Tens. Yeah. Tens and, and Man, and if five. we get to 100, that's going to be like, whoa, dude. Well, and then we're going to look, look back on this episode and be like, of course we made it to 100. <laughs> awesome. So, I guess next week, we're going to be live from StructureCon. Yeah, we'll be on the road. Yes. Taking our show on the road. So, it's going to be our, our release time next week, maybe a little earlier or later but it should be around the same time i think yeah yeah so good so we will see you all next week